0: Welcome to NBA Sound System. Carlin Gay alongside Micah Adams from NBA.com. We're getting set to take you through the past week. What was a busy week in the NBA, and we're not going to waste any time. Let's get off to a quick start with what we're going to call the three-point play. Your three biggest trending topics from this past week. And topic number one will lead off with the return of Kemba Walker Coming back to the Queen City, the King is back in the Queen City. Kemba, as a member of the Boston Celtics, got a great ovation ahead of that game. Uh, we've seen returns in the past, Micah. What stuck out with Kemba coming back to Charlotte this time?
1: Well, I think, look, we one of the, the biggest theme of this offseason coming into the season was sort of the musical chairs with all the stars changing teams, unprecedented wave of talent sort of shifting around the league. And Kemba Walker's not the best player to change teams. But he's by far the most beloved, right? And I think that you know we're gonna have return games all year long, right? Jimmy Butler's gonna go back to Philadelphia. Anthony Davis is gonna go back to Los Angeles. Russell Westbrook's gonna go New back Orleans. to Oklahoma, or New Orleans. Yeah. Russell Westbrook's gonna go back to Oklahoma City. And maybe Westbrook and OKC is the only other guy that's probably comparable here uh, to Kemba. But e- but even then, like OKC also had Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. There's a long history in Seattle. They had Gary Payton. They had Sean Kemp. Charlotte is Kimba Walker, and then it's a pretty steep drop-off to the next guy. He is NBA basketball in Charlotte. I thought it was an amazing scene last night uh, or on, on Thursday watching sort of – you you saw Kimba get emotional. There were jerseys lining uh, every corner of the arena. Uh, there was, there was a, a true palpable buzz, uh, and, I mean, you were there.
0: Yeah, I was there, and it was great to see not just the – uh, the fans love for him, but the Hornets staff love for him. When he entered the arena, he—I mean—it was hugs and conversations with pretty much everyone that you know either worked with him or worked for the team at some point. Uh, you know, Larry Brown was in the building randomly last night. Um, you know, Reggie Miller, Kevin Harlan did the game for TNT, and they had you know, great things to say about Kemba. So it, it was good to see Antoine Jameson was there as well. It was good to see sort of the Charlotte. And the Carolinas, the two states kind of mix together and be there to support Kemba Walker, who is definitely an icon when it comes to basketball in the two states of North Carolina and South Carolina. So uh, shout out to Kemba Walker on his return. And the most important thing for him, he got the win. And that's what he wanted to do. Um, let's move on and talk about Ben Simmons, who's going to miss some time with a grade one AC joint sprain in his right shoulder. So. Um. remember, he's left-handed, so it's not going to affect his three-point shooting at all. It wouldn't even he'll, if it was in He'll there. be fine, right?
1: Yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be totally fine. Well, will the Sixers be fine? I The knee-jerk reaction is to say the Sixers are going to miss him. Right. I don't think the Sixers are going to miss him at, at, all. I at think all. He'll be fine. If it was three months, yeah, they'd miss him. It'd right. be a problem. Three or four games. Uh, look, it, this season so far, what it's really dangerous seven games in, two weeks in, to point to... Statistical splits and take anything truly <laughs> meaningful from that. Right. However, I say that with however, uh, the minutes that Embiid's been on the floor without Simmons, they've been totally dominant, and it's basically no different than when Embiid's been out there with Simmons. Mm. And then, you know, one of the big departures from last year is if if Simmons was out they would be asking Joel Embiid to carry a lot. Right. Right. And, and probably either do one of two things. They'd either play him his normal load, 30 to 35 minutes, and then they'd get run out, run out of the gym when he's not there, or they would probably try to play him 40 minutes, overdo it a little bit, and then, you know, who knows, right? That's where Al Horford plays such an important role on this team. So far the season, again, not a big sample size. I think it's about 50 minutes or so. Right. The time that Horford's been on the floor without both Embiid and Simmons, they've been a good team. They've had the scoring margin of a playoff team. So I I think that with Ben Simmons out, they're going to tread water at worst, and they very well might not even skip a beat.
0: The one thing uh, I'll ask you in this sense is this. If Ben Simmons misses four games, the Sixers go out and roll off those four wins with ease. Don't look any different as you're expecting Where does that leave Ben Simmons stock in the city of Philadelphia and around the NBA? He just signed the big deal. He's going to be expected to be the second best player on the team going forward for the next couple of years. Yes, Al Horford's there to be kind of a leader, but he's not going to be the all-star that Ben Simmons is expected to be. If Ben Simmons leaves the Sixers and they don't miss a beat, what does that say about what Ben Simmons is and where you are right now in his career?
1: Well, I think it, it points to some glaring weaknesses in his own game. Look, like, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a little bit too convenient, I think. And I know I, have, I am certainly guilty of this to sort of point out the things that he can't do. Right. right. I mean, his second year in the league made the All-Star team last year. Like, he's off to a great, great, great start. No one is denying that. And yet, you know, like, Philly's a team that can win a title this season. And if they're going to win the title, that hinges on Ben Simmons' being a force at the end of games with the ball in his hands. And he has shown zero improvement so far early on this season in doing that. And now he doesn't have Jimmy Butler there to help save him. It's and Tobias Harris. T- yeah, but Tobias Harris isn't Jimmy Butler. I'm not saying he is, but he is a closer. He's capable of closing. He's capable All right. If you're using, if Tobias Harris is your closer, can you win an NBA title? (laughs) Do you want? Do you want your answer to Kawhi and LeBron to be Tobias Harris? No.
0: I'm not saying he's on that level. I'm just saying that there is a definite closer on the team. If it's not Joel Embiid, it's definitely Tobias Harris. Ben Simmons is a little bit lower on the pecking order.
1: So to bring this back to what does it mean if they don't skip a beat without Simmons? Right. I think that speaks volumes to the role that Simmons plays. In the sense that I, you know, he's a constant presence on both ends from minute one to minute forty-eight. But what he's not is a game's close, it's late, give me the ball, watch out, I'll create, I'll make, I'll make stuff happen. Right, right. He's not taking guys off the dribble and pulling up from fifteen feet. He's not standing in the corner str- stretching the floor. Uh, he's taken three shots outside of eight feet the whole year, and he's missed them all. At some at some point, and, and even if he was, even if none of that was happening, but it was still a okay. I'm gonna put my head down. I'm gonna get to the rack because I'm six ten, and no other point guard is, and I'm the most physically dominant point guard maybe ever. And I'm getting to the line seven, eight, nine, ten times a game. That'd be fine. He doesn't want to shoot free throws either because he can't shoot free throws. Yeah, you're right. You're right there. So at some point. My only thing is is this.
0: Everyone's wanting Ben Simmons to be that. What if he's not that? What if he is not that guy? When are we going to accept that? He doesn't have to be necessarily for them to win a championship, does he? If if Joel Embiid, if we're saying Joel Embiid is the best big man in the NBA, he's the best player that the, the Sixers have. They have pieces around him. Al Horford can certainly play for the next couple of years, carry some of that load. Like I said, Tobias Harris, I'm, I'm not just throwing him out there because he's he's on the team. This guy has a big-time deal as well. He's getting paid like a big-time player. Why are we giving him the benefit of the doubt just because Ben Simmons can't shoot threes? That's what it's coming down to. That's what it sounds like it's coming down to. It's like Tobias Harris could hide in the shadows of the fact that Ben Simmons is not willing to take jump shots and I don't want to give him a pass because I think that he should bring it just as Ben Simmons should bring it in the clutch.
1: There has not been a team to win the NBA title that, does not, that lacks a put the ball in my hands, I'm going to make something happen. It's never happened right, in the history of the league. But my, if my Ben question, Simmons isn't that guy, they don't have one. Well, and my
0: question is why isn't it Tobias Harris? Why isn't it Joel Embiid or someone else? Does it have to be
1: Ben Simmons? It doesn't have to be Ben Simmons. I'm skeptical as to whether that's Embiid's game. I think the other 29 teams in the league would clap their hands and say, yes, please put the ball in Joel (laughs) Embiid's. Give the ball to Joel Embiid at the top of the key and let him create. We'll see how far that goes. I don't know.
0: Yeah, well yeah, the questions won't be answered until the We're not playoffs. learning we're not learning Nothing. any of those answers in the four games he's about to miss. Probably not, but it's not gonna look good for him if the team rolls off four wins. Talk radio in Philadelphia will have a <laughs> field day. Or here on NBA Sounds. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Sounds like it. Let's move on to something else that's a little bit of a hot button topic. That is load management. You mentioned Kawhi earlier. He is king load management. He sat out this week. Uh marquee matchup Against Giannis at the it was supposed to be national TV. It was going to be on ESPN. Everyone was expecting to finally see the rematch, quote unquote, between Giannis and Kawhi from their Eastern Conference clash, Eastern Conference Finals clash a season ago. Kawhi denied everybody of that honor. Decides to sit out because it was the first night of a back-to-back. He did end up playing in the second night of a back-to-back, which again was on national TV, and played well in that game. And it's a big topic of a discussion because. When Kawhi decided, or when the Clippers announced that Kawhi was sitting out, the NBA then through Woj said that they are aware of the injury. It's a chronic knee injury, and they're aware of it. They see the reports. But Doc Rivers came out in the press conference and said that Kawhi was fine. So the NBA fined the Clippers 50 grand leading into night two of that back-to-back. Where do you sit on this load management thing?
1: So there's a lot, there's a lot going on here. There's yeah. a lot to unpack. I, and I think that there's, there's two schools of thought. On one hand, it could be a, we are making such a big deal about something that's ultimately not that important. Right. And then there's the other side, which is all the way across the spectrum saying that this is a really big deal and that the reason that there's all this vitriol and talking heads yelling about him missing a game is because it gets to the core of something bigger. I'm in that camp. I think when you look back at last year with Toronto, they don't win the title without load managing Kawhi. Right. But I think you know what we knew from the very beginning from the minute they got him in that trade with with San Antonio Masai Jury and the entire Raptors organization could not have been more clear and transparent we are not going to play him 82 games he is going to rest he's recovering from an injury you're not going to see him in back to backs he might miss 15 20 30 games he ended up missing 22 and even that he was still hobbled by the end of the playoffs so <laughs> I think that there's, there's this tendency to point to the end result of what Toronto did and use that as justification for what the Clippers are now doing. However, the, the key piece of that is, I think, the messaging and the communication, and that goes to the fans, that goes to the TV partners. And I think when you're not transparent about that, you know, just come out and say, Kawhi's dealing with an injury. He's not going to play every he's not going to play every game and you know what we thought at the start of the year that maybe he would but we're going to walk that back now because you know entering into the season and the preseason and even in the summer there was this thought that okay well Kawhi's not going to play 82 but he's probably going to play more than he did last year that True. that was more of a that whole entire precautionary approach is is I don't want to say a thing of the past because it's not going anywhere, but it wouldn't be this pronounced. And already eight games into the year, he sat out twice.
0: But let's be clear. He he could still play close to 75 games this season. He's He has sat out twice. And Would you're you, you right, put your money on that? I don't put my money on but it's still possible. We don't know exactly what he's dealing with right now. And apparently that knee injury is not going anywhere anytime soon. That's so, going to be with him for life, right? I, I, yeah, it is.
1: I, I want to bring, bring up a couple of quick numbers only because I, I think it gets to the core of that bigger issue. Uh, ESPN and TNT, or Turner, paid $24 billion. Pocket change. Over nine years for the current TV contract. And that's just in the United States. That has nothing to do with any of the international rights. Ten cents, a big billion dollar provider overseas. The salary cap has gone up over $50 million in four years, and it's over twice as high as it was a decade ago. Right. Right? The reason for all of that is because of the fan interest, because you and I are sitting here talking, because every sports radio show on TV, on radio, on podcasts, everywhere, NBA, Twitter, the fan interest has never been higher than it is now. That's ultimately an awesome thing. The league talent-wise has never been in a better place. It's never been more lucrative. It's never been more popular. All signs are pointing up. The reason that they're pointing up is because fans want to see players. And if, if the reality of the situation is that science shows that playing 82 games takes a toll that it shouldn't, and we shouldn't be putting the unnecessary stress on our players and we don't want to risk their health, then that's a different conversation. And then we need to start talking about shortening the season and doing mm-hmm. that. And to that end, the NBA itself has already taken measures addressing that. They've basically admitted that. They're reducing back-to-backs. Four games and five nights, not a thing anymore. Right. Um, all, all these things everyone is aware of except when it comes to actually – playing fewer games because that impacts the bottom line. I hear that. And and I'm with you. I I,
0: I think, you know, shortening the season would eliminate some of these problems, but that doesn't mean it would eliminate all these problems. That wouldn't guarantee that Kawhi still wouldn't sit out back to backs if they were playing 62 versus 82 games. And I'll throw this out to you. You bring up the TV contracts and, you know, ratings are obviously the biggest, you know, you know, thing that TV people care about. And on Wednesday night, when the Clippers and Bucks were playing, that was still the you know, the second highest rating or highest rated show on cable television on Wednesday night. And it was only beat out by ESPN's first half of that doubleheader, which was Golden State versus Houston. So it wasn't really affected in the ratings or doesn't reflect how the ratings affected that because people still tuned in to see Lou Williams. People still tuned in to see Montres Harrell for the Clippers. And at the end of the day, if you're the NBA or everyone else that is saying, you know what? who cares about the TV ratings because you're still getting people to tune in and watch the product, even knowing that Kawhi Leonard was not going to play. And that happened 24 hours before. It wasn't like a big surprise. People knew well in advance, and they still found a way to find themselves in front of a TV
1: set and watch the game. I think pointing to ratings from one night is maybe that's a win the battle, lose the war scenario. Because I do think that eventually – this, has a long, this can take a long-term toll. And it's one It's one more off-the-court thing that people are spending time talking about. We just had an off-season in which we spent weeks talking about Daryl Moore's tweet right. and the fallout in China, and then that starts to die down, and then LeBron talks about it again. Right, Zion Williamson, all this buzz, then he gets hurt, he's out. People are then talking about the health of the next face of the league, and now we're talking about load management here. We should be talking about what's happening on the floor, and yet this is one more thing one more thing that's come up to, to have an excuse that's sidetracking us from talking about the games and what really matters, and that sucks.
0: It does suck, but the bottom line is we're still talking about the league as a whole. Let's move on and talk and do a little uh what I like to call stock market check. I'm going to give you five teams. I want you to either buy, sell, or hold these teams. So buy, sell, or hold we will start. With a team that's got off to a good start, Jimmy Butler missed some time. I'm talking, of course, of the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler missed some time with the birth of his child. He's back in the lineup. They actually have gotten better, more aggressive on defense. Uh, And it seems as though the Miami Heat are going to be a playoff team after missing the playoffs last season. And not just a playoff team, but one of the top four teams in the Eastern Conference. Are you by selling, or holding the stock of the Miami Heat?
1: Buy, 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 buy. I'm slapping the <laughs> table here. I was big on the Heat before the season started. And i got to be honest, if you would have told me that Jimmy Butler was going to miss the first three games of the year, right. and then immediately upon returning he was only going to average 15 points a game and not shoot well, I would have said, oh, boy, the Heat might be in trouble. It hasn't even mattered. Jimmy Butler, so he finally had a big game against Phoenix. Yes. Scores 30 in the first half. It looked like it looked like LeBron and D-Wade out there. It looked like the Jimmy I, well, Butler Heatles.
0: Well, I don't know about LeBron and D-Wade, but I, I see where you're going.
1: But my point is they've been great, even though Jimmy Butler has basically been mediocre. They have a top-five defense. We knew this would be a really terrifying, hard team to play against. They scrap. They're in your face. Mm-hmm. They rank in the top three in both steals and blocks. I mean, they're hounding guys on the perimeter. They're protecting the rim. And one thing that's a little bit different this year— which is a departure from the pad. They're, they're playing faster. Yes. They have athletes. Uh, they rank in the top 10 in pace. That's, uh, you know, typically the last couple of their exposure teams in Miami in the, in, the, in the post-LeBron era, they've ranked towards the bottom of the league. So I think that we're, we're seeing a feisty, hard-playing, junkyard dog mentality from top down. Uh, they are a reflection of sort of the same mindset that's made Jimmy Butler one of the best players in the league. They are going to be a menace in the Eastern Conference.
0: No one's questioned whether or not Jimmy Butler can flat out play. Everyone's always questioned whether or not he can lead. And I liked what he said post-game. Uh, he did a sideline interview after the win against the Phoenix Suns. He said uh, he got an air vol- airful about being more aggressive, uh, but he doesn't like to play like that. He knows that he can score, but when he scores a lot, his teams don't win. So he just wants to play the right Way. I thought that was very key in saying that, you know what? I acknowledge my faults. I acknowledge I can get my bucket anytime I want to, but that doesn't necessarily help the entire team. He's more of a team guy than we have seen in the past. Maybe not Chicago, but definitely in Minnesota. He made it, you know, him against the team sort of mentality. He wasn't, he didn't spend enough time in Philadelphia for us to really truly know, but it seemed as though him and Bede were becoming a little more friendly versus the rest of the Sixers. Now in Miami, he has bought into what Pat Rowley and Eric Spoelstra have kind of built, the Heat culture, and he's fitting right in.
1: Yeah, I think you know one of the biggest departures here in Miami, the last the last two stops especially. You know, he gets to Minnesota and there's a well, I don't want to step on the toes of Carl Anthony Towns or, mm. or even Andrew Wiggins to a certain degree. Then he gets to Philadelphia and it's well, I don't really want to step on the toes of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and and Philly in particular, you know, we would see. Especially in the playoffs, but even in the regular season, you know, we'd see him kind of pick and choose his spots and at times be a third or even fourth option sometimes behind J.J. Redick and then wait till the last five, seven, eight minutes, take over, close the game, push comes to shove on the guy. Right, right. Who is there to step on toes in Miami? He's not going to step on the toes of Bam Adebayo. He's <laughs> not going to step on the toes of Justice Winslow. Or, or, or
0: Kendrick Dunn, even though he's playing well.
1: Right. So I, you know, when he's saying that I need to be more aggressive and I need to be an attack mentality more often, I would say yes, you do need to be. Because if you are, you can certainly go up a level. And when he goes up a level, this Miami team can go up a level. Uh, I, I would love to see that sort of... Fourth-quarter assassin we saw last year in the playoffs, I would love to see that uh, fr- from the jump every night in
0: Miami. And, and to, just to be clear, people always confuse being the fourth-quarter or just the assassin throughout the game at scoring. He doesn't just have to score. He can help you know guys get better shots – uh, in, in better position, so if he wants to be more aggressive doesn't just necessarily have to be putting the ball in the basket let's move on and talk about and by the way Eric Spoelstra doing a terrific job he needs more credit folks this guy is a guy that has been doing it at a high level with no matter what you give him chicken you know what he's turning it into chicken salad uh, moving on to the Phoenix Suns are you by selling or holding the Phoenix Suns stock Monty Williams right now has his team in the playoffs if we started today does that mean he is a coach of the year candidate
1: so I I if if the season ended today, Monty Williams would be the coach of the year. Okay. I the flat out. No flat out. I don't think All it's right. I don't I don't think there's any discussion. There have been other great jobs, but you didn't ask me buy or sell on Monty Williams. You asked me buy or sell on the <laughs> Phoenix Suns. <laughs> right. And this this is gonna be an unpopular opinion. I'm gonna sell. I'm not buying. I thought about holding, but I'm I'm gonna sell. And and here's why. Oh. Look, they've been they've been a great it been a group maybe the best story so far in the NBA Okay, top 10 in offense and defense, right? That's, that's the marker of a really good team, right? Devin Booker looks like a legitimate all-star. He he's shedding he's trying everything he can do to shed that good stats, bad team guy. However, I'm a little bit concerned. Consul- there's a lot of Aaron Baines and there's a lot of Ricky <laughs> Rubio and there's a lot of Kelly Oubre and I, and you know, I like, I like all those guys, but right now, those, that's their second, like, third, and like fourth. Like is a strong
0: player. word for your feelings towards Kelly Oubre. Let's just be honest. Here. No, it's, it's a little bit strong.
1: <laughs> but I just, there's only, look, that effort and intensity, which they are playing with right now. Right. They, are, they are not making dumb mistakes. There's veterans that know how to play the game. Uh, a lot of the stupid things that Suns teams would do over the last five years, they're not doing. And that's all fun in games, but it's two weeks into the season. We've seen this before. Two years ago, Orlando started eight and four. Yeah. Right? And that was a similar, like, young team, new coach, we're going to play hard. Shooting threes. Shooting threes. They, they, they looked they looked like a, wow, Orlando, they're going to be a playoff team. You know what they finished? I know they missed the playoffs. 25 and 57. <laughs> I they know they missed co- the playoffs. They close to making yeah. the playoffs. Uh, you know, they're not the only example. I think Memphis last year or the year before also got off to a hot start. Um, so I just, I think the, the more sort of reasoned mind would say to hold and let's just see if they can keep this up. I am so skeptical that they can keep it up, that I think that this is actually going to be as good as it gets this year for Phoenix. And I'm going to sell that doesn't mean that the future is not bright. That doesn't mean that Devin Booker isn't the star because he is. And that doesn't mean that they're on the right path. I just – this is not, not going to be a playoff team. I don't think it's going to be one that comes close. Ricky
0: Rubio and Aaron Baines, two guys that played late into the FIBA World Cup this past summer. Rubio winning it all. Aaron Baines coming just a game from getting to the finals. Let's see how their legs are in January. And by the way, DeAndre Ayton's coming back, uh, I don't know, 20 games from now. So that's another thing. Yeah, can I piece. make a prediction? Go for
1: it. Uh, the Suns will finish the year with a better point differential with Ayton off the floor than on the floor. I don't know if that's a
0: hot take because I Is see a lot hot? of that. Yeah. 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 I see well, a lot of that going around here. A lot of hate for Aiton, but Aiton could play. Lukewarm take. Yeah. Aiton could play. Let's move on to the, to the San Antonio Spurs. They are a team that everyone always wants to sell on every year. Is this the end for Greg Popovich's
1: playoff streak? It was, ne- it was never the end. And I actually think it's ludicrous to even, for anyone to have ever thought for a minute about selling Spurs stock. I, I, you're sitting in front of a guy who doesn't think that they're going to make the playoffs. So it's a loaded Western Conference, yeah. right? There's a reason that they've made the playoffs 22 straight years. Uh, to me, the Spurs are like... We're doing stock watch here, right? Yes. If the NBA was the stock market, Spurs would be Apple. Okay. They're just always consistently a high-value stock. Not too many peaks, not too many valleys, we know who they are. They consistently deliver. If you were giving investment advice to anyone out there, you would say <laughs> buy Apple stock and just sit on it and hold it. Right. Right. Every year there's a new iPhone. Right. But it's kind of the same thing over and over and over again. There's a little bit, you know, there's a new feature here and there. Mm -hmm. It's not perfect. It certainly has its bugs. It's got its warts. Maybe the screen cracks a little too easily. Maybe you're frustrated that, you know, there's no slot to plug in the headphones anymore. (laughs) But But by and large, an iPhone is an iPhone. And that's sort of the spurs are the spurs. Yeah. That's, how, that's how I
0: view San Antonio. Yeah, you, you and I agree on that. One thing we don't agree on, I don't think this is a playoff team. And that's not to say anything bad about the Spurs. That's to talk up the rest of the Western Conference. Let's keep it in the Western Conference and talk about the team that currently sits in first seed in the Western Conference with one man carrying the show, maybe two, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. The marriage so far, the honeymoon period, looking good. Buy, sell, or
1: hold on the Lakers. If we were having this conversation... The eve of the start of the season, yeah, I would have said sell. Wow, if we were having this conversation after they lost on opening night to the Clippers, we did. I, off we the did, air. Off, <laughs> I would have said sell, and I think I did say sell pretty emphatically. I, I think I would have been I, with you. I don't, remember I'm, gonna, that though. I'm gonna take a mea culpa. They look awesome, and uh, I think that look, I was really skeptical. I'm not, no one was skeptical about LeBron and Anthony Davis. Right, and one of, one of the reasons that I was skeptical was sort of the health component. And nobody can predict the future. Who knows? Maybe one of them ends up missing six weeks, and then all those concerns from the preseason come bubble up to the surface, and it's a problem. But you know, we're we're not we're not certainly not going to talk about predicting injuries. But what I've been really encouraged by is everyone else around LeBron and Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard. I I mean he's Ooh. not been Orlando Dwight Howard, but my goodness, he's been great. He's playing well. Alex Caruso, I know is like he's like a meme, and Lakers fans love him. <laughs> he's a legitimately really he like maybe not really good. He's a legitimately good NBA player. He's serviceable. He's serviceable. Uh, Avery Bradley looks locked in. He looks the best he's looked uh, probably since Boston right. uh, playing with Doc. I, this is the best that Avery Bradley's looked in a couple of years. Kuzma's not even really doing anything yeah. yet. They're still working him back in after he he, he missed to start the season. And then like, Danny Green has been exactly what we thought Danny Green would be, which is a just you know, another trusty veteran guy. You've, you've even seen him put the ball on the floor a little bit in los angeles which I, he certainly didn't do in toronto he couldn't or san antonio yeah uh i'm buying the lakers i i think this is an a really really good team it's going
0: to be fun christmas day when the lakers and clippers have that rematch with a motivated lebron and hopefully there's no load management on that and, and also paul george will be back in the lineup by that point It'll as well uh let's close off with a team that is close to your Heart, Sell the em. Chicago Bulls, Sell <laughs> they are under 500 at this moment. They have lost big leads heading into the fourth quarter. Um, I was on the bandwagon early in the season. As was I. I thought Thomas Sadaransky would have a better season than he's having right now. I thought Lyra Markinen would have a better season than he's having now. I thought having a healthy Wendell Carter Jr. would change things. And I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that I thought this team was a playoff
1: Look, team. Look, there are, there are parts of this team that still make a lot of sense and that look really promising, right? Like Wendell Carter, I I think is a legitimately very good rim protector. Yes. There are nights when Laurie Markkinen looks a lot better than others. Kobe White, I think is, is going to be an absolute stud in time, but we're talking about right now, this team is three and six. They probably should be six and three, right? They blew a 10 point lead with five minutes left against the Hornets they blew an 18-point lead against the Knicks, including up 10 in the fourth. They blew a 19-point lead against the Lakers, including a 13 in the fourth quarter. I, good teams don't blow three leads like that oh, wow. in an entire year, let alone the first two weeks of the season. In that Lakers game, there, there was a 45-second stretch where if you were going to sum up the experience of watching Zach Levine in 45 seconds, <laughs> this would be it, right? Uh, and, and the throws of sort of they're getting hit and the, they're getting punched in the face by the Lakers, right? right. They, need, they need a response. So what does Zach Levine do? He has a terrible week and one on Alex Caruso. He comes back down, shoots a terrible fallaway long two <laughs> that clangs off the rim has no chance of going in. Then on the other end of the floor, completely falls asleep at the end of the shot clock to the point that he has both feet in the paint. He's looking at LeBron with both both hands down. What does LeBron do? Zips a pass to Danny Green in the corner, who's wide open, buries an open corner three, and in 45 seconds, Zach Levine just makes three kind of, I don't even want to say boneheaded, but just kind of clueless, mindless plays. Right. And look, Lori Markkinen, he had 35 and 17 in the season opener. Yes. And then after that game, he had quotes saying- And that was like, a loss, by the way. Yeah, and that, and that was another one of the blown losses. He had 35 and 17, but he said, I didn't even play well. And you're thinking, wow, you can do this and you're not even playing well? Well, guess what? Since then, he hasn't played well. <laughs> He's been held, held to Seagull digits three times. He's averaging like 12 points a game with 35% shooting. Yeah. I- they're dead last in fourth quarter scoring margin. I could not be more disappointed uh, in this team. And for I just I don't know what to say. Sell them. I yeah. thought they were a lock to hit the so you know, do I. I thought they'd flirt with the playoffs. I thought they would make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I thought they were a lock to make the playoffs. And guess what? They're not going to make. This the playoffs. is
0: not a playoff team. But uh, yeah, tell us how you really feel. By the way, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to something we call to close the show. Uh, I like to call it D'Antoni's offense. Uh, wow. a, little, a little eight okay. seconds or less here. I'm going to throw out some topics. You want to, I want you to react to them as I throw them out. Giannis Kumpo is balling right now. No one is talking about him other than... We're not? Uh, yeah, well, everyone's talking about him. But no one's talking about what he's actually doing stats-wise. Everyone's just saying, assuming he's the MVP. I don't feel that enough people are making noise as this guy is the best player in the league, as this guy is doing historical stuff, as this guy is has improved from what he did last year in the first eight, nine games of the season. um, In your MVP race, where do you rank rank Giannis?
1: Is it Giannis, Kawhi, or LeBron? I think Giannis is tied for first right now. Okay. I I think that there's a clear top two, and then it's everyone else. Um, Giannis is the first player in NBA history with at least 200 points, 100 rebounds, and 50 assists in his first eight games of the season. Yeah. he's averaging 29 14 and seven and he's shooting 59 percent from the floor (laughs) we're talking about (sighs) one of the things that Giannis could do this year no player in league history has ever averaged 30 a game and shot 60 percent from the field he's he's right there and I I don't see any reason why this wouldn't maintain course his PR is north of 35 which like that's not going to be sustained but that Breaking news, that would be by far the best in NBA history. He he told Om um, Young Music of ESPN in the offseason back in July that he was only 70% of himself or that he had reached 70%. Yes, of I remember it. that. Man, I'm at a loss for words because he's been utterly insane. I think like a week into the year, we were kind of like looking around at Milwaukee like something doesn't seem right. Right. And something still doesn't seem right. And yet here they are. They have by far the best scoring margin in the league. And all of that is just because Giannis has gone up yet another level. He's been unbelievable. And, he's only, and yet 24. I don't think he's the front, clear front runner for the MVP.
0: I know you say LeBron is in the mix, correct? I like, I li- I like what LeBron's doing so far. You could say that. LeBron – or sorry, Giannis is 24 years old. He only turns 25 next month. Uh, here's a stat for you. I, I'm, I'm on the Kawhi bandwagon as best player in the league. Even with the – I'm not talking about the MVP. I'm just talking about pound-for-pound pound best player in the league. I agree with that. I saw this I saw this, this morning. Uh, both of them have played – well, depending on when you listen to this. Both of them have played 473 games. In that time, Giannis has scored more points, grabbed more rebounds, dished up more assists than Kawhi Leonard. And if you remember, Giannis wasn't Giannis in his first couple of years – within the NBA. It took him a little while to get to what he is now. So that surprised me that he scored more points, grabbed more rebounds, and dished out more assists than Kawhi.
1: Yeah. I um, I would think that Kawhi would have had had the, the, the lead. We end. had a little bit of a slower start, right, coming off of San Antonio for a little bit. Yeah, but it mean, even like, so I think one of the, you know, let's not go completely down this rabbit hole. I think one of the things that people do is I Kawhi won that 2014 finals MVP. Yes. People grossly over-exaggerate the role that he played on that. He was a role player on that team. Sure, I agree. Like he, but like, he's not that anymore. No, no, but yeah. of, of course not. Yeah. I, I, think I, I agree with you. I think Kawhi is pound for pound the best player in the league. I also think that we talked a little bit about it before with the load management stuff. I think if that continues, he's got no shot to win it. How many
0: games can he miss? Mm, Fifteen. 50, he can miss fifteen games and still be in the twelve conference? to fifteen. I th-
1: ideally he would play seventy games. Only I believe only one MVP, not including uh, lockout shortened seasons. Bill Walton, right? Is Bill Walton, and yeah. that was forty years ago. It's yeah. the only guy to win it playing fewer than seventy games. So, but we also now live in an era like pri- up until three or four years ago, everyone is everyone was playing eighty-two games a year. Nobody plays eighty-two games a year. That's anymore. fair. So. I still think he's in the race, and I
0: think can, if can he we gets talk to about 70, LeBron? Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll let you wax poetically about LeBron, and we'll get back to D'Antoni's offense.
1: So, LeBron. So, it, I, look, he's leading the league in assists, yeah, not, which he hasn't not done before. He's never done that before. I think he's going to do it. Um, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't do it. To be quite honest, and to me, the the most impressive part of what LeBron's doing so far this season. So he, you know, he had the three straight triple doubles, and then he's quote tweeting a graphic saying like Washed King or <laughs> I love like, that. Like, first of all, nobody was ever saying that LeBron I wasn't washed. Just because people were doubting whether you were the best player in the league doesn't mean they think that you were washed. I love that. However, uh, I think that LeBron has been truly special to the point that as good as Giannis has been, I think LeBron is right there with him in the MVP hunt. And I think uh, I'm going to make a prediction here Let's for go. you. LeBron is going to not only be first team all defense this year. I believe that he's not going to win it, but in March there will be conversations about whether LeBron should be the defensive player. Wow, right. LeBron, and, he, and that's
0: an award he has not won. He has what not the, won it. I don't think he's going
1: to. I, I was looking something up earlier this morning, and look, defense is one of those things that it's really hard to quantify and it's one of those, it's still one of the things that even in today's day and age, like the eye test, is. it's just better, yep. right? You watch guys play, you know how hard they're playing, you know if they're, if they're, you know, rotating hard, if they're getting back in transition, if they're playing good weak side, if they're and right. ice, whatever, fighting through screens, LeBron is doing all of that and then some. There is a number, however, defensive box plus minus, sort of a fancy catch-all, mm-hmm. This is by far LeBron's best in over a decade, and it's the best he's been since 2008-09 season. He finished second in Defensive Player of the Year voting that season behind only current Lakers teammate Dwight Howard, who, oh, by the way, is blocking more shots per minute than he has since that 08-09 season. Uh, LeBron has been special as a playmaker. He's been special as a scorer. He's been a monster on defense, and like he did in that game against the Dallas Mavericks, when he wants to be, he close. he's still the best player in the league. He, now, he's, he's not the best player in the league every game, and that's why I think like consistently Kawhi, is just, Kawhi and Giannis are, are probably just on a different level than he is yep. night to night. So is that your top three But Kawhi, I think LeBron's 100% yeah.
0: is, is still the best in the is league. Is that your top three Kawhi, Giannis, and LeBron in that order for best player in the league as we record today? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Uh, no uh, sh- question. Shout out to Frank Vogel getting it done unlocking Another, things about LeBron that we bad, never knew.
1: Too bad for Monty <laughs> Williams, man. Frank Vogel will be right there. He, he might win. Here, all right, real quick. Yeah. We'll, save, we'll, go, we'll go deeper into this next week. Here's one for you. Could LeBron win the MVP, right. Anthony Davis win Defensive Player of the Year, Dwight Howard win Sixth Man of the Year, and Vogel win Coach of the Year? Can we, if go, you, if can you give we have me, all four with the Lakers? If you give
0: me an Alex Caruso Most Improve...
1: <laughs> i'm not gonna go that far but what
0: if he gets like the uh what's the the community award the community, <laughs> yeah, the community everybody cares everybody cares award let's stay let's get back to the Antonio office and stay in la and talk about la coaches doc rivers had a weak boy Woo! uh got fined for or helped the clippers getting fined for opening his mouth saying that Kawhi was going to miss some time or wasn't missing time because he was injured or whatever he had said um but he also went out and said ahead of their game with the Clippers, or sorry, the Portland Trailblazers, he said that Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum remind him of Lou Williams. So according wow, to Mark okay. Medina of USA Today, Doc said that Dame and C.J. are, quote, two Lou Williams.
1: I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't really know where you were going with this when you started. I did not think it was going to have Dame, <laughs> Dame Lillard compared to Lou Williams. React uh i I'm sweet Lou I'm a big fan big right. fan of his work i I think that Lou Williams is one of the most captivating players and intriguing players that we've had in a really long time. on and off the court. Uh, just everything <laughs> yeah. there's just everything right. everything about Lou Williams I'm yeah. in on and uh i I do think that if Lou Williams was in he sort of reminds me a little bit of Manu, in the sense that like he has embraced the role that he's been given the last couple of years, and he's really he's thrived in it. He's never asked for more. He knows he is so comfortable in his own skin and where he stands, and he knows he belongs with every single other megastar at the end of games out there. And I th- I think that you know Lou Williams is. Like we could be ultimately talking about him at the end of the year as the reason why the Clippers maybe go over the top. Um, I I think that's a pretty spot on. I think like like Lou Williams maybe more McCollum than Lillard, but um, <laughs> man, I ask the Warriors man in that in that playoff series last year, well, Lou they, Williams was the wa- Golden State Warriors completely healthy, one of the best defensive perimeter teams ever. They could do nothing about Lou Williams. Yeah. nothing. So,
0: yeah, maybe maybe Dame and CJ really are poor men, Lou Williams. But shout out to Zach Rivers who got his 900th win in that game defeating the Portland Trailblazers. Also, shout out to Kawhi Leonard who was wearing a T-shirt given to him by uh, elementary school. Did you see this? Yeah, was, was, was Yeah, it was great. He so this summertime he had given out backpacks. Uh, him and a group had given out backpacks to kids in LA and uh, Merino Valley, and an elementary school made that T-shirt. And he wore it in support. So good on you, Kawhi Leonard, for doing that, uh, both on and off the court. The best player in the league hey, on the court is he. The best. Real,
1: real quick with Kawhi, because yeah, you're, you're mentioning uh, sort of his work in the community and returning home to Los Angeles. I want to give a shout out real quick to NBA.com's Sean Powell. Mm. A couple weeks ago, wrote an amazing piece on Kawhi Leonard returning home and seeking closure. Uh, his father, when Kawhi Leonard was was a teenager, was shot and killed in Los Angeles. Growing up, I'm not going to get into the details of that article here now, but go find that on NBA.com. It is one of the best, most captivating stories I have ever read about an NBA player, certainly an NBA superstar. You read that, and you will have no doubts about Kawhi's love for Los Angeles and returning home and what it means to him. I, I I'm not going to lie, like. Before I knew all that and I didn't know any of that, I was a little bit like, man, I I really wish he would have stayed in Toronto. It would have been really fun. Man, reading Sean's article opened my eyes in a way that I could not be happier for him returning to his roots and home. It's awesome to see him. We're two weeks into the season and we're already talking about Kawhi making big, bold statements in the community uh, it's it's a great story, but go check that out.
0: Yeah, that's awesome to see. And Sean is a is a great writer, and uh, I I second that. Go read that story if you haven't already. Uh, keeping it into the Anthony offense, Tyler Hero said this week that Devin Booker was his favorite player. Tyler Hero, of course, if you don't know, uh, rookie for the Miami Heat, he's playing his first season. He is nineteen years old. Devin Booker, twenty three years old, just turned twenty
1: three in October. Can we? Can we just like slow the roll here with Tyler Hero's Devin Booker? Like, I get it. So, a lot of the, com- the, the comparisons are a little bit scary at times. I'm not talking about the comparisons here. I'm talking about the fact that Tyler Hero, I, I'm, I'm out on
0: the comparisons. Okay. I get that. I'm talking about Tyler Hero saying that Devin Booker is his favorite player when he's only four years older.
1: Well, all he
0: watches is Devin Booker. I mean, come on. There's a, was there not any, you know, Co- Kawhi love, LeBron
1: days. love? It's a, little, it's a little weird that they're that close in age, and he's saying that like he's always been a Devin Booker yeah, guy. Come on. I, I'm going to need a little bit more out of Tyler Hero. Yeah, come on, Tyler Hero. I know somebody, can somebody yeah. show Tyler Hero some highlights of Reggie Miller? I mean, yeah. My guy, Reggie Miller.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you're, you're trying to go to bat for your Kentucky brother, Tyler, but come on, relax on him being your favorite player. It, I don't know if you know this stat. But Marcus Smart is now 6th all-time in May 3s in Celtics history. Does that shock you, yes or no?
1: Yeah. He's 6th all-time. 6th all-time. That says way more about where the current league is <laughs> than it does about Marcus Smart, who yeah. still can't shoot. Uh, that's for another time. That that does shock me, though. That's yeah. surprising.
0: Uh, let's move Antoine on. Antoine Walker is rolling over. and Antoine Walker, somewhere. Paul Pierce is probably on the list yeah. somewhere, if he's not number one. Uh, Larry Bird. If If you tell me that... Marcus Smart is higher on the list or can catch Larry Bird in made 3s. That definitely tells you where the NBA is today uh, versus where it uh, used to be. I'll let, I'll let you search that while I tell you this. Um, Mellow News. A little, you can't get out of here without talking about Mellow, can we?
1: Uh, we can. No, we can't. Sure. We
0: can't. Carmelo Anthony still wants to play in the NBA. News flash, breaking news. He says he is 2,000% sure that he still wants to play in the NBA when he was asked
1: this week. Are other teams two thousand percent sure that they I want to sign him? I was going to ask
0: you. Give me a percentage of what the league, or what what percentage of the league, would like to sign Carmelo Anthony today?
1: Oh my gosh i I think I think if it was going to happen, it would have already happened. So zero. I'm going to say, you never say never say never. I'm not going to entirely close the book on it. Um, you know, maybe somebody gets hurt, and some some team is so give me desperate. A for scoring. Give me percentage. 1 1%. 1%. Maybe less than, maybe it's half more, a half a percent. That's more than I thought I'm you would a, actually I'm get. give it, to half a half percent. percent. 1 in 200 chances that he's on our roster this season. All right.
0: Well, he's still 2000% sure that he wants to play in the league. Well, Last but not least, Troy Daniels. We talked about the Lakers and, you know, their supporting cast. Troy Daniels told Fox Sports is Christine Leahy on her show. I forget what it's called. I'm sorry, Christine, but Christine Leahy found out from Troy Daniels that the Lakers have a group chat and that LeBron James is the most active in that Lakers group
1: chat. Does that surprise you? Yes or no? First of all, shout out to Leahy. Great show. It's yeah. called Fair Game. Fair Game. That's it. Fair That's game. it. Sorry, Leahy. Um, can you say ask that
0: again? Troy Daniels told Christine Leahy on Fair Game. Of course, you could find out on Fox Sports i we'll doing some promo and they're not even paying us. LeBron <laughs> James is the most active in the Lakers group chat. Does that surprise no, you? Or no,
1: no, it doesn't surprise me. Did you? Okay. I mean, look, as much as I love LeBron, the player, and he's like, he's trying. We, we saw like the coordinated suits in Cleveland. Right. That like, I, I will never forget the poor look on, on Larry Nance Jr.'s face <laughs> walking into the arena wearing that suit. It just scree. He was just like a six foot nine walking eye roll. It does not surprise me at all that LeBron's the most active in the group chat. Yeah,
0: it surprises me actually. However, no, I'm right with you. I'm right with you. I think he's more active in that group chat, and he probably gives them more gems than he does on his uh and his normal social media because it could be it's within close quarters. Every group chat gets a little uncensored at times. I think that's where LeBron goes to get uncensored, probably a group chat. Maybe not that Lakers one, but some group chat. What surprises me, Carmelo though,
1: Anthony is definitely in the real group chat that yeah. LeBron's getting real in. And, and Carmelo Anthony yeah. is definitely sending him
0: text saying, you know what, go talk to you. 2,000% sure. <laughs> yeah, let's go get me on this team. It does surprise me, however, that Troy Daniels is in the Lakers group chat. LeBron hasn't kicked him out yet. I thought it would just be LeBron AD. Nah, I thought it would just be, kick him out. I thought it would just be LeBron AD, and that would be the
1: Lakers Ron, group chat. Are we sure Rondo is in there? Nah. Rondo's—my money is on Rondo not being in there.
0: Who's who's the first to leave the Lakers group chat? Just has had enough with the messages. Just doesn't participate, dragging his feet about everything.
1: Do we think Frank Vogel would get kicked out of the group chat, but not know that he was kicked out of the group chat? Only okay. if Jason Kidd's <laughs> the admin. That's fair. Well, we'll now leave, that is fair game. We'll leave,
0: we'll leave it there before we get any more trouble. Well, for Micah Adams, I'm Carlin Gay. We will see you next week. You've been listening to NBA Sound System, and you can find all our work, of course, on NBA.com.